You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. This is take two for this particular episode of Locked On Sooners because as I have done in the past, I figured out a way to overwrite all my work that I did last night with an episode of Locked on Thunder. I sort of, I look at it two ways on this. One, this is going to now give you two episodes to listen to over the weekend. So this one that we're publishing now and the one that we'll publish later this afternoon. Also, I think it's divine intervention from God who knew that last night's show wasn't that great and said, here, redo it after you've had a couple of cups of coffee and got your thoughts in order. That's what I'm going to go with. It makes me feel better. I'm not sure that it's true. Uh, God may just be looking at me now going, dude, you're an idiot. You you still really have no idea how to be careful using a computer, which is true, but thinking that God is steering me in the right direction and had something to do with it ultimately gives me confidence to do a good show for you today. And coming up on this show, we're going to talk about how to solve the whole Zion Williamson situation. There's some very easy ways to do this. There's also some complex ways to do this. And it's just a matter of our schools and shoe companies willing to take money out of their pockets to do what is right for the kids. And there is, of course, a Hollywood Brown tie-in because he had the foot injury and he ended up playing in the Orange Bowl, and there's differing opinions on what Zion Williamson should do the rest of the year. And we'll talk about how kids ultimately come to that decision. And I've talked about this before, but I think there are team players and not team players. And I think the older you are, you're more of a team player than the younger you are. And I'll explain how why all that has changed, not only in sports, but really the world in general coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, it was a year ago that we were looking at OU with Trey Young, thinking that Lon Kruger was out of his comfort zone and OU might be better off without Trey Young. And really, it was only a few weeks ago how we were discussing that OU was a better all-around team without Trey Young. Well, we'll revisit those opinions. And I was one of the guys who was saying that as well. Do I still have that opinion? Has my opinion changed after watching... This OU basketball team struggled through the Big 12 season. Plus, we'll hear from Christian Doolittle, Christian James, and Lon Kruger after the TCU win. Audio a little old, uh, but this afternoon we will hear newer audio from Jamani McNeese and Lon Kruger as we get you ready for Texas. And then finally, what Bob Stoops had to say about the financial situation in the XFL makes me think he has no plans to coach in the XFL, and I'll explain that in segment number three. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK in Oklahoma City. And uh, what else do you need to know? I co-host Saturday Game Day with Randy Renner. You can hear that at 9 a.m. on 1340 and at 5 a.m. on Saturdays on News Radio 1000. Also, um, I run a website called College Sports. Let me see, what is it? It's called Sooner Maven. But the website I always screw up, and I shouldn't screw it up. It is my website, after all. It's College Sports Maven. College Sports Maven.io slash Oklahoma. Check it out. Contribute to the conversation. We got all sorts of stuff going on there. Video columns. We even post this podcast. And I'd like to dedicate this show to uh, my good friend, Jeff Roughface. Jeff, I only knew you for five years. 
Uh, but for five years, you were a fantastic friend to me. You are a great shoulder to lean on through some very tough times that I went through over the past year and a half. Uh, made me feel better about my current situation. And Jeff, I just want to say I don't know of anybody that was more dedicated to putting out a good product than you were. Um, and I certainly, you had a broadcaster's heart. I understood that heart, but it was even more next level than a lot of guys that, that I ever knew. But ultimately, you were a great friend. You always knew how to uh, put things into perspective. And I promise you, someday, I will look directly into the camera. Can't say when, but I'll try. So let's get to uh, segment number one here. And by now, everybody has seen and formed an opinion on what happened with Zion Williams and his Nike blowout. First of all, I feel bad for Paul George. Your name's on the shoe. Everybody's coming at you. They're saying you're to blame. Really, here's the way I look at that. So in my day, when you used to go buy an album, at either the record bar, which was here in Norman at Sooner Fashion Mall, or you would go to TGNY or Walmart or Target. You'd go buy an album. Sometimes you would get one that was screwed up, that for whatever reason it was warped when you bought it, it was scratched in certain areas, the songs didn't play right, so you had to take it back. And just because it had the Beatles name on it, or Def Leppard, or Motley Crue, or I don't know, I'm in an 80s hairband phase, social distortion, whoever. Didn't mean that they were the ones that put the album together. So I don't think Paul George is the guy that put that shoe together. Sure, his name's on it, but that ultimately Nike's responsibility for it happening and sometimes accidents just happen. The easiest way to solve a situation like this again is one, just make sure you've got better quality control over what's coming off your assembly lines or who's ever making these shoes individually. Two, and this is, it's sticky, but here's what I think. If you are going to Adidas camps, if you are going to Nike camps or Under Armour or New Balance or wherever, all these guys who are doing major shoe brands and Kawhi Leonard designed with New Balance. That's why I bring them up. And you're a young kid, you've shown potential. And this company wants to sign you to a contract as early as the age of 10 to either give you money for wearing their shoes or just outfit you with product from now until the rest of your life, I have no problem with that. And I think it's the, I think one, it brings peace of mind to kids because they've worked with these shoe companies for a while. They found a certain type of shoe that they like. There are certain things that they feel comfortable putting on their feet. And a lot of times that just breeds confidence. They feel like they can go out and play and not get hurt. They feel like they're going to perform better. So you go ahead and allow that to happen. The other thing I like about this is let's just say I'm Adidas. And I've got a kid like Zion Williamson who wants to go to OU or Duke, which are Nike or Jordan brand schools. And I know that Zion prefers Adidas. He likes Adidas. While I may have Louisville or or while I may have Kansas and I may would prefer him go there. The way I would look at it is if I'm Adidas, you know, I, I, now I'll admit if I'm Adidas, I would totally be like, you sure you don't want to go to Kansas? You sure you don't want to go to Louisville? You sure you don't want to go to Baylor, one of these Adidas schools? No, I'm going to a Nike school. Well, if he's agreed to wear our shoes, and as long as Nike is cool with him wearing our shoes, because he's going to be wearing Nike warm-ups and everything else Nike because the school is signed with Nike, then I'm all right with that. Because as far as I'm concerned, 
He's still wearing the Adidas shoe. And I got him. And kids are going to fall in love with him. Therefore, they're going to buy my shoe. So I'm not really worried about all the other gear that he's wearing. Now, yeah, it's going to cost me money because maybe they're not buying his jersey that is an Adidas product or his shorts or his warm-up or whatever. But they're still buying the shoes. And the shoes in a lot of instances are more expensive than those. So therefore, I may be, I'm going to be making more money off this. The other thing that would be even simpler than this is if you sign a contract with, say, Jordan Brand and you're OU and you're bringing a kid in who doesn't like Jordan Brand shoes for whatever reason. He's a New Balance guy. You say, okay, you can wear your New Balance, but you've got to tape over the logo. You've got to do something to disguise the logo. And you can develop, hell, you can market that. You could develop OU stickers, whatever, that would fit over that end. And then you would... And then you could just put him on the kid's shoe and then he goes out and plays. The reason I'm all for this is because you're talking about a comfort level for the kid and doing what's best for them. And that has to be the first priority of any school, any shoe company, any program, is that it's got to be done in the kid's best interest. And so much stuff that I see in college today, so much stuff I just see in sports, period, doesn't feel like it's being done in the kids' best interest. It feels like it's being done in the universities or the coaches or the program's best interest. And that's something that we got to get smarter minds to the table and talk about all this. It's the shoe companies, it's the athletic directors, it's the coaches to iron this out to not only make sure that it's a safe environment, but it's an environment that kids want to be a part of. Now, there are the talk, there is the talk. Uh, and a lot of people, and I happen to agree with them, that Zion Williamson should take the rest of the year off, not play for Duke, and just get ready for the NBA. The ar- One good argument against that is, hey, you only get college for one year if you're him. If you're Kyler Murray, so why not play hurt? Because memories last a lifetime. Well, memories last a lifetime, so does brotherhood. But money takes care of a lot of issues in your life. And had Hollywood Brown decided to sit out of the Orange Bowl, I would not have criticized him for it. Had Kyler Murray decided that he wasn't going to play after 12 games and all he wanted to do was get ready for the NFL draft or dedicate his life to baseball, I would not have had a problem with it. I would not have criticized him for it. It's a personal decision. And as far as letting down your team, letting down your school, all that, That is such an old school way of thinking. And I I get the feeling that the only people that really think like that anymore, one, are generally over the age of 45. Two, you own your own business. So you are the team and you're making the personnel decisions on a day-to-day basis. Or three, somehow you've never been screwed over by the people that you work for which I don't know anyone that falls into that category. Now, just because you get screwed over by the people you work for doesn't mean you stop working for, for them. doesn't mean you are not loyal because they're putting food on the table. But you also start, once you realize that that company always has the company in mind over you, that's when you start looking for your options and you start looking at doing what's ultimately best for you. And it may be a selfish society that we live in, but I also believe that it's a more more enlightened society that we live in that ultimately, yeah, you can be a team player. Yeah, you can be a cog in the wheel. And you can sacrifice for those around you, which are traits, which are 
ultimately to be admired. But there's a difference between sacrificing for those around you and then doing something to your own detriment that ultimately hurts you in the end that you get nothing out of. And that's where I fall in line. I'm just, I I don't, I've never been that old school way of thinking. It's always looking at things from a, 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 it's always looking at things from a more progressive standpoint. And whether it's Zion Williamson or Marquise Brown or Antonio Brown or what happened with Anthony Davis, everybody is looking out for number one because I think in the end, we all know that at some point or another, somebody will stick it to you if you don't watch out. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, a year later, is OU really better off without Trey Young? Well, we'll, uh, we'll discuss. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget we have another episode of Locked On Thunder that is published as well and another one coming this afternoon. You can find that podcast at LockedOnPodcast.com and LockedOnThunder.com. You can also ask Alexa or Google to play the Locked On Thunder or Locked On Sooners podcast. And it's both part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day, or both these podcasts are part of the Locked On podcast. It made sense in my mind. Um, also, um, I want to encourage you to listen to these in your car because most of them get knocked out in less than half an hour. Some of them may take a little bit longer, but you can always um, listen in your car. You can store them up for trips, whatever. And however you're listening, please let me know um, at Locked On Sooners or at at Sooner Maven or at G-E-E-H-S-O. Let me know when you're listening to the podcast. And I thank you so much for um, everything, all your support that you've given to uh, Locked On Sooners and Sooner Maven. It's It's been fantastic. I can't tell you how overwhelmed I am um, with that. And, um, I, you know, going back to that whole situation with, uh, you know, being a, a team player, not a team player, you know, the next time I, I am employed and... and um, and, and not so much working for myself as I am now, I'll be a team player only to an extent. Um, <laughs> learn from a lot of these athletes. You know, watch who you sell your soul to. And, and then maybe that's the perspective that I'm coming from, is uh, a little damaged over the last go-around. So I'm not feeling as uh, kumbaya as, as maybe I was, say, five years ago. 
when it was one for all, all for one. And even then, I don't know that that was necessarily my mentality. So let's jump into the OU basketball team. I read a recent interview with Trey Young where he said he heard the chatter at the beginning of the season that the OU basketball team was better without him. And he says, well, you know, they were different. They were younger. They were different. They hadn't made it to the NCAA tournament. And now he's looking at the team and seeing the struggles that they're going for. And I think we can unequivocally say, I think now the proof is in the pudding that this team is not better off without Trey Young. I think you can you can say that now because the biggest thing that Trey Young would have brought to this team this year had he chosen to stay another year at OU is leadership. That's the biggest thing OU was lacked last year. And it's the thing that Lon Kruger tried to recruit the most this year by bringing in grad transfers, guys like Aaron Kalixty, guys like Miles Reynolds. You were hoping a guy like maybe Jamani McNeese would step up and be a leader. I think it's very hard to be a leader in Jamani McNeese's position. One, because one, the outside chatter infiltrates into the locker room. And that's something that coaches have had to guard against for years. And there's really, there's not just a whole lot you can do about that other than just tell guys, no phones, no TV, no radio, don't pick up any campus publications. You're just, you're cut off from completely from the outside world, which is, which is unrealistic. And humans are humans. And if the chatter is loud enough, people are going to start pointing fingers. And that's what happened to this team last year is that Trey was supposed to be the leader, but Trey was only a true freshman and everybody knew that Trey Young was not going to stick around for another year. Unfortunately, what OU didn't develop during that time was a guy to step up and take his place for this year. And all season long, and it worked for the first half of the season, certain guys stepped up at certain times and we're showing that maybe they were the guy on the team or or more likely there wasn't a guy on this team everybody had an opportunity to do it and it was just a cohesive unit that that was going to play hard every day and it was a cohesive unit that was going to win totally as a team and as we've seen that's not the case and they have since really i would say since after that first TCU game This OU team has been looking around for somebody to follow, and it's just not there because nobody can establish themselves. And what Lon Kruger has to hope is that one of these new guys coming in will ultimately be that leader that they need and also be that on-the-court guy who, when the chips are down, you can look to and say, all right, you're the one that's got to get us across, across the finish line. You're our Russell Westbrook. You're the guy that's going to take over the game and we're going to ride or die with you. The guy's just not there for OU this year. And what sucks is there's a lot of guys on this team that I like. I mean, Lon Kruger, the one thing you can say about Lon Kruger, and, and unequivocally, I will just argue to death on this, is the dude just recruits likable, easy-to-root-for kids. I have yet to meet a kid in the OU basketball program since Lon Kruger has taken over that I don't enjoy rooting for. I want every single one of these kids to be successful, even Trey Young. Even even if I didn't necessarily dig everything that Trey Young was doing last year, 
I ultimately wanted Trey Young to be successful because, hey, he was a likable kid. He was in the OU basketball program, and that's what Long Kruger does is he recruits likable kids. We made out our um, top five OU, top five favorite OU teams of all time, any sport on, on Sooner Maven. And my number five was that last Final Four team that for OU that Lon Kruger coached. And a lot of the reasons it's one of my favorites is, one, it's the only team that I covered that I put on the list. But, man, Ryan Spangler was great to work with. So was Buddy Heald and Isaiah Cousins. And I just cannot say enough about them. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard, hard, hard for me to ever turn my back on this program. And I don't know that I'm necessarily more passionate about OU basketball than I am football, although it's weird I don't know near as much of the history of OU basketball as I do OU football, but when the OU basketball team loses, it hits me harder. Always hit me harder than whenever the the OU football team loses. And it's been that way since about 1985, 86. Now, that was when I really got into OU basketball and got really emotional and passionate about it. But enough of me. Let's hear from Lon Kruger and uh, the two Christians after the win over TCU. Well, it was uh, much needed for sure. It had been a while uh, since we'd finished the game, and uh, obviously uh, TCU a bit shorthanded. Uh, definitely made a difference from, uh, I'm sure, their perspective. But uh, proud of our guys. They continue to work hard. Uh, they've been as good a group as we've had in practice, even through the not winning. Uh, their attitude has been unbelievable. So uh, we just got to keep getting better. You know, we've got uh, a few weeks left, and we got to uh, play better basketball. and. Uh, Everyone in the league is doing that, so uh, we have to do the same. I'm proud of our guys. Happy for them. Uh, they continue to work at it and have great attitude, so uh, very happy for them. Lon, can you just talk about uh, Doolittle's game today? I think 21, 10, and 5 just did a little yeah, bit of it. was great. He was great. I thought he was patient offensively, attacked when he needed to, uh, got some big rebounds for us, uh, went to the free throw line. Uh, you know, pretty much did everything he'd want, want a guy to do. So I thought Christian uh, had one of his better games as well. Knocked down a couple shots early, and I thought he let the game come to him. Uh, again, uh, needed these two guys to play like that. And happy for them, and, and uh, much needed. Coach, almost half of TCU's shots were three-point attempts. They had 32 uh, three-point attempts, and they only made nine of them. Can you, you know, speak on the perimeter defense tonight or today? Well, again, you take away a premier three-point shooter like Noy, that makes a little difference from you know the shots they're going to get on the perimeter. But uh, other guys, uh, you know, had pretty good patience defensively, and you know, had good good mindset on you know where we needed to be. And and uh, uh, again, I think a lot of it's TCU being shorthanded as much as anything else, as far as them not making making the shots they normally do. For both the players, just I mean, what what was the kind of feeling in the locker room after this one and how big of a sense of relief is it for you guys? Well, it feels really good. You know, we haven't had a win in a while. And um, it's just another starting point for us to get better and grow. You know, we still we have a lot of work to do. We know that. And um, the goal is just to get better every day as a team and just come come together and um, run a tournament time and get hard. That's the goal. Can't say anything I mean, Christian, to that point, after you um, you got fouled late, made both those free throws when you came back down the floor, I just kind of saw a big smile on your face. I mean, is it fun, you know, to have a game like this and kind of get over that losing streak? Well, yeah, I was smiling because I, I realized that I had 20 at the time. And then I made both and I had been over 21. So 
I mean, it's only 20 points, it's fine, so I was happy about it. And, then, and we won, so it was icing on the cake. So. And Jerry's in it's that as well. So, um, just a lot of positive things. Um, I'm, I'm happy how we came out and played today. Um, we're very resilient. Um, they got out to a quick run to start the game, but we were able to uh, lock in defensively and offensively and um, uh, came out with a win. Christian, or for Christian Doolittle, when you get in the middle of that pain, I mean, it seems like you have so many options whether or not, you know, you seem comfortable with that floater or kicking it out. I mean, do you just. How how does your mind work when you're in the middle of that and you have all the options? Uh, I would say I became a lot uh, more comfortable um, getting reps in practice. Um, my pre-workout practice is the exact same thing that I did in the game today. Um, practicing floaters, um, different moves to get to the, get uh, the shot that I want. Um, and just having uh, confidence in my teammates to be able to be in the right place at the right time. Um, knowing, knowing that um, I've been drawing a lot of uh, Attention to me in the, in the middle, so um, just be ready to shoot. Um, Christian was Christian was knocked down uh, for me today, so it was it was really nice to see. Lon, was your weak side cutting better today, and maybe recognition of the weak side cutting to be able to get those those layups? That guy's made some uh, kind of instinctive plays well today. Uh, and we got uh, like you say three or four, just. Uh, they're not play, they're just reactions, their instincts, they're moving for each other, a uh, couple good passes, a couple good finishes at the rim. Uh, I thought guys moved well uh, without the ball there. Well, I know it wasn't a ton of minutes for Jamani today, but did you like just the activity? I liked it a lot, from? yeah. I liked uh, what he did in practice yesterday, uh, was probably as, uh, as much balance as he's had since late November when he, uh, when he rolled that ankle. So yeah, I'm very happy for Jamani. Now we got a week to build on that. Uh, uh, with no midweek game, so uh, yeah, I think, I think that was a big confidence boost for money. What he did in practice yesterday, and then I thought his minutes today were fine. Uh, uh, yeah, he just needs reps now and, and keep getting healthier. For Christian James, you made a couple threes today. The team shot really well from behind the line. I mean, it, was anything different about today, or was it just kind of a similar look you just were making them? Um, that's kind of like the game come to me. You know, I got a couple early, that's how I'm going. You know, it's always a confidence booster for me. But, um, a little come to me, just play my game, I'm trying to force anything, just, uh, just work the offense, you know, that come back. Did you have a lot of confidence coming out of the locker room? I think three of the first four shots, you hit a three, Brady did, Jamal. I mean, did that really kind of carry you guys through the rest of the half? Um, most definitely. You know, we're knocking shots, um, knocking down shots and getting stops. It's always a confidence booster just to help us and keep us motivated to, to keep going and, and just to keep playing together. Well, else? Well, uh, Aaron had a couple turnovers before the half, didn't play in the second half. Was it just kind of your emphasis on taking care of the ball? Yeah, yeah, you gotta, we got to do a better job. You know, it's, uh, uh, Aaron knows that, and he'll work on it. Be sure to check out our next podcast, which we will publish this afternoon, and you'll hear from more from Long Kruger there as well. And I love the, I love the end of that. Um, I love the end of that press conference when, um, you know, ask about Aaron Kalixty sitting on the bench after turning the ball over. It's like, nah, he'll work it out. <laughs> that's because that one, that's the most critical that Long Kruger will ever get uh, of any of his team in public. And two, it's like, nah, nah, he'll, he'll work it out. He'll figure it out. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast coming up next. What message was Bob Stoops sending out when he said he wasn't worried about the XFL's finances? I will tell you next.
You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. (sighs) Yeah, one more cup of coffee. (laughs) The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. And yes, I do. As a matter of fact, that is Folgers I'm drinking, a brand called Black Silk, which is freaking awesome. All right, plug for uh, Folgers. I think now you owe me a little bit of money because I gave you some free advertising on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes. Uh, You can also hear it on Stitcher, on Spotify. Please listen in your car. Subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com. It is the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So Bob Stoop says he's not really concerned about the financial well-being of the XFL. And a lot of this has to do with the American Football Alliance not making payroll just two weeks into the situation. So now is the same thing going to happen to the XFL? One, I say no because I think Vince McMahon has learned things from the first go-around. And even though the XFL was a failure that first time, Vince McMahon cannot be denied as a businessman and cannot be denied as a guy that understands what entertainment is. So I sort of in Vince I trust. And in Vince I trust is a man that learns from his own mistakes. But let me just go a little bit further here with the few minutes that we have left left and say, I don't think Bob Stoops is planning on coaching a game in the XFL. And I'll admit, this is all speculation. It's all conjecture. But the rumor's been out there that he wants the Dallas Cowboys job. The rumor's been out there that there are other college jobs that he's interested in. And what better way to show everybody that you're ready to coach again than to take a job? And not only take a job as a coach, but take a job as a GM. So you're in complete control, which is what you want everyone to know. Hey, not only am I a coach, but I'm the GM. I want a little control here. And if you're interested, just letting you know, I'm not on the couch anymore. I'm done fishing. I've done as much as I possibly could. So let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. And you've done it in enough time. You you did it in such a safe harbor where... Nobody feels pressure to take you. You don't have to rush in to trying and build to try and build a team, try and recruit, try and come up with draft strategies. You have got months to figure this out. And the speculation dial is going to go off the charts crazy in the next few months. Every time we hear about a coach getting fired at a big time football program, or an NFL franchise, you watch. For as much as Lincoln Riley's name has come up, Bob Stoops' name is going to come up. And the fact that he's saying, I'm not worried about the financial situation. Well, one, if you're a GM, you got to worry about the financial situation because if the checks aren't clearing, you're the guy they're coming to. They're going to want answers for you and from you, and you're going to want answers from the league to give your players. So you have to be worried about it. Plus, care how many millions that you've made at OU, you want to know where your check is coming from as well. So yeah, Bob Stoops is concerned about it, but those comments to me make me think that Bob has bigger plans in mind somewhere down the road. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back talking about OU Texas and OU Nebraska today um, because ESPN made an egregious error when leaving off OU Texas as one of the best college rivalries uh, right before the uh, Duke-North Carolina game this week when they sent out a poll on GetUp. So I'll discuss that, and I'll even go so far as to tell you that I still think OU Nebraska is a better rivalry. But why is it a better rivalry? Well, we'll get a little bit more in-depth 
um, on that today on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And until later today or whenever you're listening, I'm Eric G. saying may God bless you and your family, everybody love everybody, and of course, peace, love, and Boomer Sooner. Man, that's good coffee. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.